0: Welcome back. It's Halford and Brough. Final hour of the show here on a Thursday. Sportsnet 650. Jamie Dodd and Jason Bruff here with you. The official automotive sponsor of Halford and Brough is the Delari family of Acura de- dealers. Experience the Delari difference today. And this hour of Halford and Bruff Brough is brought to you by Campbell and Pound real estate appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit Campbell-Pound.com today. We are going to get an early start on what we learned here. So keep your submissions coming in. Lots of good ones already in the text message inbox. 650-650 is the Dunbar Lumber text line. Again, at 8.30, uh, we're going to have a quick chat with Jovan Buha, who covers the LA Lakers for the Athletic. We can do some what we learned after that as well. But we'll get started here. Uh, I will go first with a, a what we learned from this morning, which is that Canucks fans are feeling moderately more confident in their front office than they have in recent years. Uh, The Athletic does this. Dom Lucision puts it together every year at the Athletic. Rankings, confidence rankings, basically taking the temperature of every fan base in the NHL and the public's opinion as well and how confident they are in their front office. This year, the Vancouver Canucks at 21. Okay, so 21, but up from 29th last year. And I believe this is the highest they've ranked in the six years that they've been doing it at the Athletic. So all the way up at 21st now with Jim Rutherford and Patrick Elvin in charge for the Canucks.
1: 92% of the fan base is more confident in management than they were last year. Just 3% are less, less. confident in the front office. And that's what you would expect It would be, from yeah. a new front office and especially following one that just ultimately the criticism and the bad moves were just too much to bear. Um, it is funny though, because the new management group still hasn't made many moves, nope. right? And now, off the ice, they made a ton. Mm-hmm. Off the ice. I mean, it, you get, it, when you're in this business, you get all the press releases, right? Like the amount of press releases, I, I had one the other day about all the new doctors. Yes. They've, they've. I'm like, okay, they, so they got to, a new lineup of doctors, right? Okay, great. I hope they're qualified. Uh so the changes off the ice have been very dramatic, but the ones on the ice really haven't been.
0: Yeah. And that, you know, they include in the Athletic article which you can go check out right now. They include kind of quotes from fans who took the survey and this one says you know they are saying the right things but in the new management regime's first off season we've only seen incremental changes i'm still undecided another one says they've built an impressive foundation but have yet to put any significant stamp on the team i have to reserve judgment until they make a move that claims the team for their own but i'm more optimistic now than at any point in the last 10 plus years and it feels almost a bit like a bit of an incomplete grade right where there's reasons for optimism but until you're not going to hand out massive praise until you actually see how the moves play out.
1: In a signature move, I think too.
0: Yeah, the trading okay.
1: Tyler Mod is not not a signature move. What, what
0: could be a signature move? Is there one player on the I, roster I you think, think maybe? I don't know. We'll we'll have to dive into that and see uh, if we can come up with any suggestions.
1: Number one on the list, the Colorado Avalanche. Not surprisingly, number two, Tampa Bay. Again, not surprisingly, those those teams actually switched last year. The Lightning were first and. Mm-hmm. The abs were second. Number three, any guesses in the group here. I don't know if you've seen it, I have Jamie. Oh, you've seen it? Oh, so you've I can't seen it. Guess. Laddie, Andy, any guesses on who the third most confident fan base in their front office is? Colorado is number one, Tampa Bay is number two. Chicago Blackhawks. That's That is wrong. Incorrect. That's that's that's, that's incorrect. Do you want to take a real guess at it? Here, I'll give you a hint. It's not a good team yet. Hmm. The Anaheim Ducks?
0: I really yeah, I'd have Actually to... not a bad d- yeah, guess. <laughs> not a
1: bad guess. The it is the, the Detroit, San Jose Detro- Sharks? Detroit. Detroit.
2: Detroit. Yes. Okay. San Jose. I don't you tell me take a guess. New regime. Who's there might be some I mean, optimism. Oh, <laughs> <guess. laughs> I'm taking a stab in the dark. Take a good guess. Take a real yeah. guess. I'm taking a guess. Uh it Detroit, is the eh? Detroit Red Wings,
1: yeah. Okay. I oh I mean I just think that uh I just think that Stevie Y has he has a lot of
0: capital with Detroit fans. He has a fans.
1: lot of lot of capital, and, I, and they seem to be making some good moves too. Any guesses on last place? It might surprise you. Last uh, this, place. This didn't surprise
2: the
0: me. At San all. <laughs> <laughs> the San Jose Sharks. The Chicago there.
1: Blackhawks.
0: <laughs> They're a lot closer to the bottom than they are to number three. See, I,
1: I thought it might have been Chicago, uh, but in high, like I guess looking at it right now, Arizona under, Coyotes, and no. Nope. What? understanding the, the, the passionate fan base. Yeah,
2: that's true. There's maybe L- three people upset.
1: Yeah, they're like, oh,
2: oh. <laughs> And they work at ASU.
1: <laughs> passionate fan base is the Philadelphia Flyers.
2: Okay, I can see that.
1: 32nd, and last year they were 22nd. Yeah, the Flyers are a mess. Well,
0: they're, is, they're always angry, though. The, they are, but I think they're rightfully angry yes. in this case. Just the the way, now who knows, maybe Johnny Gaudreau had his heart set on Columbus. But from the outside looking in, it certainly seems like you had a chance to sign the biggest free agent on the market who also happens to be from your neck of the woods and would have a lot of reasons to want to play there. And instead, you blew the money in other places and you just couldn't put yourself in the bidding for that player. And instead, you spent it on some pretty mediocre players. That's a tough look. That's going to annoy fans a lot in any market.
1: Okay, another guessing game. I promise this will be the last one. Which Canadian fan base is the most confident in their management?
3: Right now it might be Ottawa.
1: You got it. Yeah. Yeah. The Ottawa Senators, eighth. About about time. All the way up to eighth. Last year they were 21st.
0: That was a good what we learned. Uh, So thank you. I appreciate that. The one thing I'll say about these rankings, hold on, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. It's always way easier. I think one, if you're in a market that is maybe a little bit less intense, right? But also, if you're in the rebuilding stage, people tend to give you a pass. Like, Anaheim is at six. Pat Verbeek's been on the job for like six months. Okay, he traded some guys at the deadline. That's great. If you're rebuilding, it's easy to trade guys at the deadline. All of a sudden, you're the sixth best front office in the NHL? That's the easy part. So, I don't know. I, I would take that with a little bit of a grain of salt, but there you go. Canucks.
1: I could put together the worst
0: team. <laughs> Like, yeah. to tank? <laughs> to
1: tank?
3: It's I'd like, be amazing Tear
0: this it. team down and get extra draft picks. Okay. It's like that meme, yeah.
3: I'm going to create the worst environment. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that, that, yeah. the, it then be the best team to tank? If, if by the worst, your... you mean the best. Yes, exactly. They are right. the best tanking team.
0: If that's your mandate from ownership, it's not that hard to do. Okay, mm-hmm. create some cap space and then go overpay a guy in free agency. Yeah, I can do that. And then bring I, in I, Jack I Eichel to reach the floor.
2: I ready. noticed you put yourself <laughs> on the roster. Trust yeah. me. I got a feeling about this. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, I'm a right shot. I could skate. It's, I can't it's stop. But. <laughs> but, yeah. There's something called a laddie in net. I don't know. Laddie. <laughs> uh, okay, laddie. Do you have a what we learned? Andy, do you have a what we learned? I do have one. Yes. I have. I'm gonna do the uh, the Dodgers announcer. Uh, so the 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 on field reporter for the Los Angeles Dodgers broadcast. They're in Milwaukee. Okay. And if you've seen the stadium there, there's a giant slide in center field. That sounds fun. Great fun. Bernie the Brewer, the mascot, goes down, and every time the Brewers hit a home run, he is slides it, it, down.
1: It's a big, long, twisting slide, is it? Yeah, big okay.
3: yellow one, so it's okay. hard to miss out there in center field. All right. Well, the Dodgers are in town, and I guess they don't go to Milwaukee too often. The announcer wanted to go take the slide. He wanted to go to center field and do the slide. So they, they threw to the clip before the game, and here's how it went down. Here's how his big slide went down in Milwaukee. Holy
2: crap! Holy crap! Holy crap! Holy crap! Strike on Muncy. Oh, no. Okay. First, I want to report that he's okay. He's okay.
3: Dave. Dave. Hi, guys. And then he pops up on the screen with a big cast on his arm. So he... He was not okay. He was not okay. And point, uh, by the way, when you were gone, bro, if we got yelled at for laughing at Chris Sale... Uh, breaking his wrist on a bike. We weren't laughing at the injury per se. Right. The guys were laughing pretty hard at uh, their colleague getting banged up. And he had some broken bones. He had, uh, what was it, uh, James? I think it was a broken wrist, a broken and, wrist and some and cracked A bunch ribs. of
0: bruised or cracked ribs yeah. as well, yeah.
1: It looked very painful. He and really f- ate it. <laughs> and the first thing, so what happened was he, he was... Coming down that slide, I, I don't know what kind of suit he was wearing, if it was like space-age technology he that a, made He him... had a
3: piece of material underneath him. Oh, did he? So that's why he was really ripping it down the
1: slide. Right. It was kind of like in, uh, was it Christmas Vacation when uh, Clark Griswold goes down on the snow? Uh, what, does no one else remember that? No, I remember that. Okay. Yeah, it was like lightning speed. Yeah, it was lightning speed. It, yeah, it, yeah. It, it It felt like that, and then- <laughs> He came. came
2: Holy crap! Yeah. Holy crap! Oh, I regret nothing.
1: And then he he fired out of the slide and and hit like a literal wall. And I, when I saw that, I was like, "That guy needs Patrick Reed's lawyer."
2: <laughs> this is designed <laughs> to for show the
1: stadium because like there's not really all that much room between the slide and the wall, and he hit the wall really hard. I actually felt pretty like you could see the pain. Oh on no, his he face. was not. Yeah. He was he was his, his face was like I'm really badly hurt and uh but I know that I'm, t- that I'm on T i am on I know that I'm on TV right now and I don't want to cry.
0: I don't want to look like I'm in serious pain even though I am. Yeah. I have, I actually I have some sympathy. I was at a, a pool with a water slide recently and I took my my four-year-old daughter down it and it was much faster than I was anticipating. The last turn on the slide really caught up to me, and you know, you go down, you are like, okay, I'll just hold her, and we, we our heads won't go underwater. It'll yeah. be a nice gentle ent- entry into the water. It was not that. It was no, uh, it was out of control, out of control. Landing. Well, they
2: design these things with the, the fact that you know kids are made of rubber, pretty much, right? They're yeah. like, oh, they're not going to get injured when they slam into this metal pole. I really
1: feel my lack of core strength when I'm going down a, a water <laughs> yes, slide because, exactly. like, oh, my core's over here. No, no, it's over there now, and I just I, like have no. Control over it. Um, I talked about my trip to the West Edmonton Mall too much last year, but the water slides there are deadly. I had bruises on my back.
2: Do they still have a submarine a there?
1: A submarine? I think so. I didn't go on it.
2: Because I was like, I used to, every once in a while, I would stop in West Edmonton Mall on tour, and the highlight was always looking at the submarine, which apparently is one of two Canadian submarines in the Army or the military. Is, one it in, of is, them is it in the is, military still? One is it of serving in, in the, the West Edmonton yeah, Mall? Yeah, it's in the West Edmonton Mall. The big Mall. naval base yeah. in the West Edmonton it's Mall. Like, well, we have one in the Pacific and the other one's in
3: the we West? Got,
0: we got <laughs> we to protect one of our just, national yeah. jewels, guys. Just hanging our out. National resources. You never know.
3: Can I just get back to the slide for a second? Yes. Uh, Please do. On the topic. Uh, I want to read my favorite comment from the video. Uh, somebody replied on Twitter I worked in the slide business for a very long <laughs> time and that landing zone is absurd. Yeah. There's a slide business. There's, there's you know a slide you know there's business. like guys I
0: I know a thing or two about slides.
3: Does that not sum up the internet right the there? Slides. There's a slide expert All of in the, the, the slide
0: industry group chats were lighting up I was like, "Can you believe the design they have in yeah, this low, place? Low, 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 what are those yeah. jokers thinking?"
1: All right, give us a mukaw on that. go. <clears one. throat> uh, Andy, do you have a what
2: we learned? Yeah, I'm kind of stealing this from Laddie, but it did make me laugh. And it's going going all the way back to our first guest, uh, Sean Gentilly. Um <clears throat> I learned that the Pittsburgh Pirates owner is named Bob Nutting. And I also learned do not Google this at work (laughs) when looking for images of said owner, uh, because that's a very dangerous prospect to do. So Uh, maybe put it in
0: quotes.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Just a thought.
0: Uh, Bob
2: Nutting is the owner.
0: I I was on Twitter, I think it was yesterday. I think it was even at work, maybe. And I saw that the word Nutting. Was trending, and I was like, <laughs> "I'm definitely not clicking on that. I can't imagine why right. it's trending now. I think it's probably because people were complaining about yeah, Pittsburgh Pirates it owner. I'm sure that it must the- have been what it was. But yeah. I had no idea. I was just that's a super weird thing to be trending, and I'm gonna stay far away from it. But there's your explanation.
1: Those Dennis Eckersley uh, remarks, actually, I was on. I- was reading the Pittsburgh Post Gazette as I do
0: every obviously. morning. We hard, all do. Right? You get, get up, read the yeah. Pittsburgh Post. You get up, you get your hard copy of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Sit down with your coffee. actually gets it laminated, so he doesn't. Yeah,
2: <laughs> like, where
1: is the Post Gazette? <laughs> it's supposed to be here on my desk every
3: morning. He's just scanning for Rutherford mentions, mention, so he can mention it on the show.
1: No, but like they had, uh, they had obviously the reaction from the Pirates players, and they weren't happy. Mm-hmm. But they also had this big editorial. In the paper, basically saying like Eckersley wasn't wrong. Yeah. (laughs) And it's kind of embarrassing that he brings up a
0: fair point. He brings up a very fair point. The Marge Simpson meme where it's like he's right, but he shouldn't say it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) All All right. The
3: owner had a statement too. I think he said it. He said, What's worse, a team uh, being intentionally bad and losing or a team that's trying to be good like the Red Sox and still being under 500? But. I'd, I'd still I rather think, be on the team. I was going to say, it. I think a team He said that? He had a losing. statement like yes. that? They, they released a comment, I
2: guess. Most people pick the Red Sox. <laughs> know, go out on a limb here and <laughs> guess that.
1: Hey, guys, at least we're good at what we're doing, right? <laughs> Trying to be bad. All right, give us a moo cow on that. All right, let's go to the listeners now. Uh, Chet and Burnaby, what we learned, I learned that swearing at my TV of the 2021 draft when the Canucks did not select Logan Stankoven Seems perfectly valid today.
0: Like a lot of people are feeling that he was uh, a extremely impressive performance in the quarterfinals for uh, for Canada. I don't know. I I understand it. I also think it's way too early to be drawing conclusions about those those picks. But look, it's uh, it's another example of you know it would have been a nice kind of PR win for that management group to take the guy from BC from the WHL and went with Danila Klimovic instead. He was really impressive. Yesterday, Stan He's a Coven. good player. He's yeah. a really good player.
1: Not and- not a big guy at all. Uh, listed at 5'8", 170 pounds. So he's uh, he might have put on some weight. So that's just his hockey DB um, weight. But he ultimately went to the Dallas Stars. That was a good pick by them. He just has that uh, undersized but willing to be part of the battle. Yep and how many good players have we seen like it, it, he was the type of player that was like I'm surprised he wasn't drafted by Tampa you know right. that that type of player um who's just got that competitive um
0: desire but also clear skill as well yeah who's undersized but i think teams smart teams are recognizing that you can be a little bit on the shorter side if, as you said, you have that battle, you can develop the, the core strength, back to core strength, to win those battles in the corners yeah. as well. It doesn't matter if you're 5'9". If you have those other attributes, you can still be a really effective player. Even in, you know, oh, playoff hockey, big boy time, you can still be a good player in those scenarios.
1: Uh, Rob and Surrey, what we learned, what I've learned is that the Live Tour is turning into the NWO of the golf world. At first, the NWO was hated, but as it grew and more wrestlers jumped ship, it got more popular. This is going to be no different than the live golf tour as more up and coming golfers jump ship. We'll see about that. We'll see if more up and coming golfers do make that decision, especially if they're guys that grew up dreaming of winning the British Open Mm -hmm. or dreaming of winning the Masters. And also, um, because... They might not have that dream, might not have that dream. Mm -hmm. The game changer in all this will be if Liv gets world golf ranking points, right? If they're able to convince the system that they deserve points for winning those tournaments,
0: right? It's such an interesting scenario too, because Liv does not seem to be in it to make money, right? That is not on their priority list. They're doing it for other reasons
1: I mean, if they're doing if they're spending money to create discussion they're doing and that. put themselves in the news, they're doing a pretty they're good doing job that. of it.
0: But you know, I, I wonder what the point is there a point where okay, great, hundred million for Cam Smith who's an up and cover, that's awesome. But do they ever run into a situation where they're gonna stop handing out these incredible deals because they're they say kind of, okay, that's even for us, that that's a little bit much and I if, think the tour would have to
1: be a going concern.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Will it ever turn into something that people actually care about? That—that's the big question. And right now, you know, we talked to Adam Stanley about it. It's basically just an exhibition. It's yeah. like a, an exhibition every time they put it on an event, and it's just—it's not that interesting. And I think even I- unless you're getting one of these first wave of really big money contracts, but if you're a guy coming down two years from now, do you want to be in an exhibition or do you want to compete? Is right? it? The, that's is it the, the XFL? question.
2: Is it the XFL to the PGA's NFL? Is that a fair comparison?
0: I, uh, the XFL,
1: the XFL wasn't really trying to compete with the NFL. No, that's the a thing. spring league, right? They were just they were just trying to fill uh, a void mm-hmm. when the NFL
0: wasn't on, and they wanted it to be a competition, right? Like Liv seems to be almost taking things that make golf more competitive and removing them. X- the XFL obviously wasn't able to succeed. We'll see about its next iteration. But it wanted to be, you know, a, An alternative? A, a league where everyone is trying really hard to win and people are invested in it. And, you know, the thing with the XFL and spring football in general is you theoretically have players who are really hungry to prove themselves yeah. and make the jump to the NFL. It's a, it's just a different it's a different situation than the relationship between Liv and, and the PGA. So is
2: Liv's endgame spite then or something? Is it, Do they just hate the PGA?
0: A lot
1: of it's spite. Because that's what it feels like. Greg Norman, yeah. Greg Norman is is a driven individual, and he is dri- he's a fascinating individual. Actually, I think someone should make a, a documentary. I know books have been written on him, but someone should make a documentary of Greg Norman's life. Uh, Lorne in in Port Moody. What we learned: Greg Norman seems to still be on the sixteenth hole, plunking balls in the water. See, here's the difference. Like, I think he's succeeding right now. Greg Norman is succeeding in his job in creating disruption. The PGA tour is in a panic. They're calling players only meeting. Jay Monahan, the commissioner, might not survive this. Mm-hmm. He's he's doing what he wants. He he loves to stir it up, and that's exactly what he's doing. He tried to do something similar to this a long time ago, and he was shot down by the PGA tour. And Greg Norman is a guy that holds a grudge. And I mentioned this in our segment with Adam Stanley. The guy has a trail of broken relationships in his life, whether they're personal, whether they're business, whether they're family. He just, he is a guy that is so driven by his, whatever the desires are is it money? Is it power? Is it fame? Is it. Does it all go you know, if if we're putting on the, the 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 Freudian kind of cap here, like does it all go back to his dad telling him you're you I'm not letting you be a golfer and him basically saying, I'm gonna be the greatest golfer and then he turned into the best golfer in the world for a for a long time. Is that what drives him? Like go if you if you, if you're interested in this, Google up a Greg Norman profile. It is really fascinating reading. Um, I think the Washington Post did one recently just because he is so driven by his ego. And the the one thing that people will say is like, sometimes this guy lets reality
0: get away from him. Right. And it comes down to, you know, how you evaluate what Greg Norman is doing. You have to keep in mind, what are his goals? And if, if, if his goal was to be super popular, then yeah, as the texture points out, he is plonking balls in the water on the 16th hole. But as you said, if his goal is to, you know, prove a point, show the PGA that he can be more powerful than them, he can get an upstart going, which might be his goal. Yeah. From his perspective, he's actually doing pretty well right now. He's causing a huge shakeup in the world of golf. It's just those probably aren't the goals that uh, would motivate a lot of us in this situation. Uh, Mukao?
3: No, that's a listener one. Yeah, a listener that's a listener Oh, we don't one. do them Come after on. listener, ones? No. listener ones?
0: No. Wow. Okay. You new here? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, here you go, because I was going to read this one. Sorry. Uh, well, yeah, go for it. What we learned from Adam, the former bath guy. I learned that a morning show being kept on the rails isn't sitting well with me. To quote Garth from Wayne's World, we fear change. Well, I just had to screw up there, Adam. So maybe that will uh, <laughs> that will make you feel a little bit better about how the show is going. I don't think I... I don't have the the freedom or the flexibility. When you're sitting in as the guest host. You can't come in yeah. and be a goof and put take the show off the rails all the time.
1: I think you should tomorrow, though, because it's Friday, <laughs> it's and it's Friday. Ask Us It'd Anything Friday.
0: Mail it in Friday. It's called Ask Us Anything Friday, well, not Mail It no, In at, I'm adding
2: to it in terms of Jamie's, you know, he can just, mm. just well, mail a, it in for the There's a difference between nuts.
0: mailing it in and taking the show purposely off the rails, right? Yeah. Like
2: they kind of go hand in hand in ways. But you know?
0: mailing it in to me would be more like low energy, you know, you're not really into it. Off the rails, you can have super high energy, but you're just being weird about it. So maybe I'll try that. I'll try to be super weird about the show tomorrow.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, Jovan <laughs> Buha from the Athletic in Los Angeles. He covers the Lakers is going to join us for a quick chat, uh, about LeBron and the future of LeBron in LA. The chances of the Lakers actually winning another title after some disappointing seasons. Uh, we'll probably still have some time to read some what we learned in the Dunbar Lumber text line after we speak with Jovan. So keep sending them in to the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650. You're listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on
2: Sportsnet 650.
0: Final segment of the show, Halford & Bruff Sportsnet 650. The official automotive sponsor of Halford & Bruff is the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today. And this hour of the show is brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit campbell-pound.com today. We'll have some time towards the end of the show here uh, to get some more what we learns in. So get your submissions in 650-650 to the Dumbard Lumber text line. But we're going to talk... A little bit of hoops right now. The big news yesterday in the NBA, LeBron James signing a massive two-year extension with the L.A. Lakers and joining us now to chat about that. He covers the Lakers for the Athletic in L.A. Jovan Buha is on the line. Jovan, thanks very much for doing this. How are you?
4: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: It's our pleasure. And just, you know, I'll start with a pretty basic question here. So two-year, $97 million extension with LeBron. What does this mean in the immediate future for the L.A.
4: Lakers? I think this puts more pressure on the Lakers to be more aggressive in going all in and building this team around LeBron and AD, right? Because uh, I think th- there was some uh I wouldn't say concern but but sort of just uh you know kind of hesitant maybe to go all in w- without knowing what what was LeBron going to do, right? And I, I do think there were people around the team that felt it was a formality that he was gonna sign an extension at some point and he had until June 30th, 2023. But I think him showing this level of commitment and and doing so six weeks before training camp and, and just kind of putting this storyline to rest because it had he not signed the extension, it would have been one of the first questions at training camp. It would have been a storyline throughout the season and it just would have been an unnecessary distraction. So I think him, you know, because I mean, the flip side is, you know, of course, LeBron, you know, takes that financial security, but I think he's LeBron. He was going to get that type of contract anyway. So, um, you know, it is nice for him, but I don't think he necessarily needed that. But I just think for for both sides to kind of have this settled now uh, makes a lot of sense. And then I, I think if, if you're the Lakers, like moving forward, um, I'm looking at it, like I have a two year window now with LeBron and AD and I want to do whatever I can to build the best team possible Probably this season because I think, you know, LeBron's going to be 38 uh, and, you know, might be 40 at the end of this contract, depending on how, you know, if he opts in with, with his player options. So I just think you don't, you know, you only have so long with him, right? And, uh, I, you know, the, the Lakers, as currently constructed, are not championship contenders. And I think the one path to get there is by trading Russell Westbrook and, you know, most likely trading him for Kyrie Irving. But, uh, there are some other options that they have, but, you know, barring that, I, I think they are going to be a, a probably a lower tier playoff team and it's almost kind of wasting a season of LeBron in 80. So uh, I think this should, you know, now that they have their, their two best players lock in for a couple of years, this should be that kind of confirmation that they needed to ultimately make a Westbrook trade, I, I think, and uh, really go more all in on this season
1: were you at all surprised that LeBron committed to this without those moves being made already?
4: Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, be, because I, I had also heard that, you know, that it was in his best interest and in, in sort of a leverage play of just, you know, dragging it out. Why, why not? And, um, you know, maybe twisting the Lakers arm a little bit the way that we've seen LeBron do that in the past in, in Cleveland and, uh, and in LA and, and just sort of, that, that's kind of been his, his MO, right? He, he's uh, one of the faces of player empowerment and has been one of the, the biggest, you know, a- advocates and, um, you know, stars that has really, you know, kind of taken back power for the players. So I, I I thought that this would drag out maybe a little bit closer to training camp and, and maybe right before training camp, he would sign it just to kind of put it to rest then. But, um, you know, I also wonder though, like, They obviously talked about the future, you know, that that was a a big part of it. And, um, you know, ESPN had the report that that they had productive talks and like, you know, it clearly was brought up about Russell Westbrook and building out this team. So I think, you know, they came to some sort of agreement on that, be it, uh, you know, let's save Russ and, 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 um, you know, wait till 2023 when we'll have more cap space or let's trade Russ and kind of go all in on this season. But regardless of whatever path they choose, uh, I believe they have you know, talked about it with LeBron and kind of cleared it with him. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, I was surprised by the timing of it. I mean, it was a few minutes before the schedule release and definitely made my day hectic. But um, yeah, I think that them doing that to me is a good sign that the Lakers are probably going to be more aggressive in the coming weeks with their trade offers
1: what does the fan base think of this Lakers team right now?
4: I think there's, there's a divide because, um, you know, on paper, like just having LeBron and AD is as good, you know, still in my opinion, and I think in most of the fan base's opinion, like still as good of a tandem as you can realistically have, like if both of those guys are healthy, um, you know, LeBron is still LeBron and, and, uh, was an all NBA guy last year. And, Um, I think would have been in the MVP discussion had the Lakers have been a much better team. Uh, But with with AD, you know, I think he's still in that top 10 top 15 discussion. So like they have that foundation. It's just the supporting cast. When over half of your roster is minimum guys. and, And then the other guys that are making more money are Russell Westbrook and Kendrick Nunn, who didn't play last year. And Taylor Horton Tucker, who might not even be on the team this season and might not even be in the rotation this season. Like, I think it's just kind of this, this weird roster where uh, some of their higher paid guys aren't actually that productive and and might not be in the rotation. So uh, I think that the fan base, I, I think there's some people that think they can win just because they have LeBron and AD and it's kind of hard to, to fault them for thinking that way. But I think most people are realistic that this is probably a team that could be anywhere from like a, six to nine seed, depending on how things shake out. And, you know, seven to nine seed means you're in the play tournament, uh, which they didn't make this past season. So I guess that would be some level of progress. But uh, I think they, they know that changes need to be made, and uh, most of the fan base is on board with ultimately trading Russ. Um, so I think as constructed, there's probably a divide on some people are higher, some people are lower. But I think most people understand this is not a championship team as constructed.
1: Yeah, I'm just wondering how beloved LeBron is in, in that market. I, I know he helped the Lakers to a championship, but that was in the bubbles, and it's, it's a little bit it, – it's just different, right? It, it, yeah. Is, um, what is the – what What is the fan base of think of him, the, the, the player, the
4: personality? I think it was a little awkward at first, that, that first season, especially because LeBron had been linked to Kobe for so long, and, and going back to – the, those Nike commercials, right, with, with the puppets. And, um, you know, they were supposed to meet in the 2009 finals and then they were supposed to meet in the 2010 finals. And, you know, neither season uh, Le- LeBron's team got there. And I think there was always kind of this, this tension almost where, uh, you know, you're kind of more on in Kobe's camp or, or more in LeBron's camp uh, in terms of who is the better player. And when he got there that first season, I, I feel like it, it took them a, a little bit, of time to embrace him. But for Laker fans and for the Laker franchise, it's all about championships that, that, you know, for, for them, it's, it's championship robust every season. There is no, Oh, we made the finals and and lost. It was a good year. We made the conference finals. Like it's either you won the championship or you had a failure of a season. So for LeBron to win it in that second year, uh, I think that really cemented him among, you know, Laker fans as a Laker legend. And you, you even see, you know, the, the new, Hulu documentary that that's coming out uh, on the Lakers. Like LeBron is one of the guys there, and the rest of the guys on on the cover are you know Kareem and Magic and Shaq and Kobe. And it's like I don't think he's he's at that level with Laker fans. Um, you know Kobe and Magic will always be at the top. Kareem, Jerry West, Shaq. Like th- there are some relationships that were just there for so long that I, I think it's going to be hard for LeBron to match or surpass them. But I-, I think you know comparing him to a guy like Wilt Chamberlain who you know played w- for the Lakers in the 70s and, and won a ring, but wasn't a- as good as LeBron was. Like, I think he's passed someone like that. So um, I think, you know, Le- LeBron has been very vocal about talking about Laker history and, um, you know, wearing Laker shorts out in public and like stuff like that. So I think he- he's also, you know, played it well where he- he's catered to the fan base and, and he ha- has, you know, endeared himself to them. So, Um, You know, it's never going to be the situation like Kobe or Magic or um, I think one of the more organic relationships that was from start to finish. But I think winning a championship and the way he's embraced and shown Laker fans love, I think they all love him now.
0: One of the interesting things about the NBA offseason, Jovan uh, has been. There's been a lot of big names in the rumor mill who haven't moved at least yet, right? And you go Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, you know Donovan Mitchell, and Westbrook is in that category as well. With the extension now, I mean, what's your kind of gut telling you will Will Russell Westbrook start the season on the LA's on LA's roster, or will they find a way to move him before the season begins?
4: I think this the way this is playing out right now, as of now, I would say they are more likely than not to move him before training camp. Um, I've also heard that there's a chance, even if he starts the season on the roster and, and they go into training camp, um, and if he does not listen to what they want him to do and, and you know act those things out, uh, there, there's a chance they could send him home, similar to what uh, Houston did with John Wall and and just say hey you know get your 47 million but we're going to focus on the guys that that want to be here and want to be doing what we want them to do because you know a lot of things the lakers are asking russ to do frank vogel asked him to do last season And, and you know if you go back and watch his intro press conference media day the first few weeks of the season those those interviews like it was a lot of the same stuff of you know, Russ is going to lead with defense, and we're going to figure out ways to use him off the ball. And like the Lakers are, you know, hitting a lot of those beats again with Russ and Darvin Ham. And I think you know Russ and Darvin Ham have a better relationship already than Russ and Frank Vogel did. That they got off to a bad start, but um, you know, even with that, like I think all the signs are Russ has no you know no uh, desire to play more like a role player, and and you know take a back seat to LeBron and AD even more so than he did last season. So um, until he does that and, and, you know, improves as a defender and just with his effort and energy and then, you know, makes better decisions, takes better shots. Like if he does those things, I think there's a productive player in there that could help his team and and they could exceed expectations. But just based on what we saw last season, what we've seen with, with Russ over his 14 year career he plays a certain way and that way just doesn't really fit with LeBron and AD and with what this roster needs. This roster needs shooting. This roster needs perimeter defense. They don't need some of Russ's strengths necessarily. So um, I think it's more likely than not he's traded, but in the case that he is captain and they can't find a trading partner, I would not be surprised if, um, you know, I think first it might start with like a benching or, or reduction in minutes, but if it gets worse, I would not be surprised if they sent him home. It's going to be another
0: eventful, interesting season for the Lakers, it sounds like, Yovan. We really appreciate the time. Thanks for doing this. Uh, hopefully we can chat again soon. Yes, sir. Talk to you soon. That is a Yovan Buha, who covers the L.A. Lakers for the Athletic in L.A. Uh, still some more time here, final few minutes of the show, final 10 minutes or so of the show, for what we learned submissions. Uh, and I also wanted to pass this along that uh, Greg Ballack flagged for me during that interview. Interesting tweet from Shayna Goldman, who's been on the station numerous times, writes for the Athletic, NHL, Sportsnet as well. She just tweeted a few minutes ago, sounds like one of the top UFAs of this summer, Nazem Kadri is finally getting off the market, uh, and then included the eyeballs emoji there. So we'll be oh, on... the eyeballs emoji. I know, emoji. so you know you it's know, serious. You know it's big. <laughs> you know it's big when the eyeballs emoji gets in there. So no indication of which team. Could it finally be the r- rumored Isles deal? Could it be a you know, mystery team, the Flames? Uh, But just something to keep an eye on there.
1: There might also be some Deshaun Watson news today. Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk has a source uh, with knowledge of the situation that tells him there will be news today. And Florio guesses that the NHL or the NFL, the NFL and the NFL Players Association have struck a deal on a suspension of less than a year, maybe 12 games and a fine of less than $5 million. Uh, You'll all remember that uh, Judge Sue Robinson initially imposed a six-game suspension on Watson and then the NFL appealed. So there could be some Deshaun
0: Watson news coming today as well. We will keep an eye on both of those stories as they develop, if there's any more news in the next 10 minutes. But let's go back to the listeners for some what we learned. I wanted to read this one. Robin surrey has been on my case the last couple of days, and he says, what we learned, what I've learned after retuning this week is that I have no faith in Jamie, whose name I finally learned, to hold his own <laughs> during Ask Us Anything tomorrow. Why so not? I, well, I've done Ask Us Anything before. Now, not with, you know, one of the, the main hosts of the show. Yeah. I've never really thought of it as something you have to hold your own during. Like, is it a mm. competition? Am I missing something here? Is there... Am I going to be eliminated? That's why you're losing. (laughs) I guess. I guess that's why. That's why I'm not going to hold my own. I don't even know the rules. Whoever gives the most ridiculous answer wins. Whoever creates the most laughs. I've never found it to be a high stress situation. It's just people ask you questions and you answer them.
1: Yeah, that's true. You have to get a little bit personal sometimes. That's all right. Are you ready to do that? Let's get real personal. Born ready. (laughs) What is your biggest fear? (laughs) Is it dying alone?
3: What trauma are you still <laughs> What are your last
1: five your Google <laughs> searches,
3: Jamie? Let's show your internet searching history live on the air.
1: Uh K and Delta with what we learned, Ryan Gold is magic. Yeah, he is fun to watch, isn't he? He's got such yep. speed and such skill. Um two goals last night for the White Caps. They got a big win over Colorado 2 1. Putting them into a playoff position, mm-hmm. but it is a very busy uh standings right right where the White Caps are. Um they're certainly not guaranteed of making the playoffs. They got some big games coming down the stretch. Uh, Kevin on the road with the, what we learned, the Jays are not making the playoffs. That's it's, an interesting text to make it's, after it's, they, yeah, they, they got a win.
0: It seems a little harsh. They got the win against Baltimore. They they cut their slide and they finally beat the Orioles and they're actually in a playoff spot still in the in the wild card. I think they're a game up uh on the next closest wild card team. So I get it. I get the pessimism, or he's probably not a Jays fan. He's probably trying to just twerk, or uh, not twerk. Uh, he's trying to twerk you. What, what's the word I'm looking for? Not twerk. Not twerk. That's the type of it's thing that comes up on Ask twerk. Us Anything. It's Kevin on the road, just twerk. trying to
1: twerk Jamie.
0: <laughs> tweak? Anyways, I believe the word is tweak. Is what I'm going for. Tweak is what I'm going for. But uh, twerk on the brain. I, I don't know. Well, let's not say that. But. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about the timing of that one. Yeah, it's finally something Jays fans had something to smile about. Finally, for the first time in a while Uh, yesterday.
1: Dan from Van, what we learned. Horvat, not ranked by NHL.com in the top 20 centers, rated higher in this market because the city loves him. He's a 3C. Dan, not being ranked in the top 20 centers in the NHL, is not the burn that you necessarily yeah. think it is. The fact that the Canucks had two centers in
0: that ranking was remarkable for them. As we all know, there are 20 top six centers in the NHL. Every other one, third line center at best. I just that's, didn't know. That's we were, how it works. We've already There's reached 32 teams, Dan. Yeah.
3: We've already reached angry at lists part of the summer. Like, I, I didn't realize we were already there. Like, the NHL network lists are going oh, to out. I and... knew we were there. It's just so stupid. It's it's one network's opinion, then, and everyone gets so, so upset. Soon about we it. can get upset about,
0: but it's a, but, but my point is that it's
1: not even a big deal that no. Hor- like Horvat
0: isn't a top twenty center. No,
1: in the NHL, but he's still a good player.
0: But even if you said, you know, Bo, let's say Bo Horvat, you thought Bo Horvat was the thirty fifth best center in the NHL,
1: still a good player,
0: really good player, and yeah. he's not going to be your first line center. So that's a really good number two center that you have, yep. and we'll see what his next contract looks like. But at least for right now paying him a pretty reasonable amount as well. Mm. It's not a it's not a slight. Oh, he's not a truly elite center. Yeah, okay. Y- you need guys who aren't that still on your on your NHL roster if you're going to be a playoff team, if you're going to win. Now, from a contract perspective,
1: it's an interesting topic. How much do you pay Bo Horvat? That is a perfectly yep. valid argument to have. And d- do you pay him like uh like how do you judge him? Because offensively, it's funny because Horvat almost still has the reputation that he had out of junior, that he is the defensively responsible yes. center that might struggle a little bit offensively. When in reality, he's better offensively kind of the, than he is kind defensively. kind of the reverse. He's a bad penalty killer, right? He, he, he's, and, that's, and I remember asking Travis Green about that. I was like, what do you think? Why do you think that hasn't worked out for Bo? He's just like, I have, you know, you, you didn't really know, right? Yeah. And, and and I know that Horvat wants to kill penalties. He wants to be that guy. Like all players want to be Bergeron. They 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 all want to be in that situation where you can rely on them offensively, defensively, power play, penalty kill. But the reality is, is that defensive,
0: um, two, like being a two way player is hard. No, and we. <laughs> We tend to slot players into that role based on things that don't really have a lot to do. Like
1: face-offs. Yeah. Just because you're a good face-off guy doesn't mean you're a good two-way
0: no. Just player. because you're strong doesn't mean you're a good defensive player, right? And it, it it sometimes it can be hard to judge those things, but you're right. That has always been the expectation for Bo Horvat, and it's never turned into it. And to the point about his contract... I've always thought that, you know, we've always heard positive reports about extension an extension between Bo Horvat and the team. Yeah. And that's always kind of led me to believe that if it's going if negotiations are going so smoothly, it's probably going to be a relatively team friendly number. Will that end up being the case? I don't know, but I do understand the concern that how much upside is there do you want to be locking in long term at a at an exor- potentially exorbitant price? I still think it will make sense again because uh because it's negotiations sound like they're going smoothly, but it's fair to be, it's fair to have questions and be concerned about what his next contract looks
1: like. Are you comfortable with the connects Let's say Horvat for whatever reason, maybe JT Miller is traded is your two C behind Elias
0: Peterson. Is that a good, is that good? I think it's good. I think you can win like that. Now, there's some things that have to happen around that, obviously, and you want to see Pedersen take a step forward or at least be much more consistent. And I think the
1: key player for me this season, he really is. I totally agree. The big thing
0: with Pedersen, especially if you're in that situation where, okay, it's Pedersen and then Horvat down the middle. Horvat has played a lot of tough minutes for the Canucks, but he doesn't. Again, he's not going to be Patrice Bergeron. He's not going to be, you know, prime Anze Kopitar. Pedersen
1: has the best chance to be that
0: guy. So, Pat, but Pedersen needs to step up and do that. He does. Right. Yeah. And he needs to show that he yep. can at least take a significant amount of the burden away from Horvat.
1: I think Pedersen's defensive instincts are really good. The question sometimes I have is, does he have the. Uh, I mean, he's, I think he still needed to get a little bit stronger. Mm -hmm. You you do need to be strong in order to hold your own, especially down low in your own end. Is, is he that, is he, is, is he up for the task there? He's obviously got to stay healthy and he's got to stay in the game mentally. And I think the most concerning things that I ever saw from Pedersen was when he looked like a little bit pouty on the bench, when he looked like he was kind of in his own world. And I don't doubt that it was very difficult for him la- at times last season. Like, and it is really tough to maintain that like positive. Like, I'm just in it for the team when your game is struggling, and you know that everyone's talking about you. I hope he took that as a learning experience. I hope he can grow out of that. I really do, because his instincts, his hockey IQ, are really off the charts, and so is his talent. It's just a question of putting it all together.
0: Yeah, when you re- when you lay it out with. Okay, Patterson Horvat as your top two centers. That's a bet that you take that okay that can be those can be your top two centers on a Stanley Cup team. It's not a guarantee. It's certainly not a guarantee, and other things have to happen. And as you said, Patterson has to take those steps forward. But it's it's a bet worth taking. It's not just a hope and a prayer, right? If you're in that situation,
1: I text in if you're saying Petey was pouting, then what was Miller doing? Yelling probably, yelling, shouting, swearing, slamming a stick. It's just different ways of showing frustration. Yeah. right? The Canucks were really like openly showing their frustration. And that's a reason why when Bruce Boudreau came in, it was such a welcome respite. Mm-hmm. Just because he brought something there. He brought some optimism. He brought some joy. Mm-hmm. And you could tell.
0: Because remember, it wasn't just the beginning of last season that was a slog and full of frustration. It was the entire North Division season as well that went off the rails so early, right? And and All that, Miller was the, slamming his stick.
1: La, the, the beginning of last season was a hangover from yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. They had never, so they never just, recovered from it. Oh my goodness. It. Never it was recovered
0: this, this from just an incredible span of of dreadful vibes around the team. All right, it is Ask Us Anything Friday tomorrow on the show, uh, so think up some great submissions. Throw down the gauntlet. Let's see if I can uh, hang in there for Ask Us Anything tomorrow. Halford and Bruff in the morning on Sportsnet 650.